Hello, and welcome to this week's Thursday Top 5. I'm Paige. I'm Anna. We're so excited to share this week's news with you, but before we get started, we have a few new updates to share. First, we have some clarifications regarding a story that we discussed last week. As we mentioned, Christie's and Sotheby's were ordered to disclose their dealings with sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. We mentioned that Leon Black, chairman of MoMA, was connected to Epstein but not suspected of wrongdoing. And although this is true, it is important to note that Black was subpoenaed back in September for his ties to Epstein. He gave Epstein approximately $50 million in the years after Epstein was accused and convicted of soliciting prostitution from a teenage girl. Yes, and to further complicate the situation, a second MoMA trustee, Glenn Dubin, was also subpoenaed as reported by Hyperallergic. Mr. Dubin and his wife, who happens to be Epstein's ex-girlfriend, were both subpoenaed. Yes, and the Dubins also had financial dealings with Epstein. And as reported by the New York Post, what is most appalling about this entire situation is that MoMA continues to stand behind both Mr. Black and Dubins despite these deep ties to Epstein. Yes, and we felt like it was important to clarify because of the sensitive nature of these allegations and the situation overall. Yes, exactly. And it is important that everyone's aware of like these ties. Correct. Now moving on to this week's top five headlines. Artnet reported that, quote, a Dutch architecture firm is building an underwater museum around a 271-year-old shipwreck. In 1749, a Dutch East India Company cargo ship called the Amsterdam was returning from its maiden voyage when it was deemed unstable and sank off the coast of England. Today, a Dutch architecture firm called ZJA is bringing it back to its home country to convert it into an underwater museum. And what is so cool about this project is that they plan on building the whole thing without ever taking the ship out of the water. The museum will be made out of steel and glass and it will surround the vessel, allowing visitors to see what's left of the textiles, wine, and silver of its cargo. Quite the engineering feat. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the museum will be more conventional with exhibition spaces designed to showcase the objects pulled from the wreck, as well as laboratories and other research facilities for scientists. Yes, and the exact location for the project has not been determined, but the coast of Amsterdam is a top contender right now because of its tides, which are more stable than in other places. And it's funny because it was the vessel was named the Amsterdam and it is returning to Amsterdam now. So seems appropriate. Exactly. The museum will also focus on an important present-day topic, which is the discussion of the history of colonialism, the slave trade, and international trade. Yeah, and I love the idea, and I can't wait to see where the project will go. The prototypes and renderings look amazing, and I encourage everyone to check them out. The link to the article is included in the notes for the episode. Yeah, I love an unconventional setting yes. for a museum, and this just pushes and it. Is it is so unique. Like, even just the story of the vessel and, like, how they're tying it back to colonialism and that people can see what was inside of it is just so incredible. There's, like, Nothing like it. Exactly. Our second headline of the day comes to us from the art newspaper, and it reads, quote, Not to be sneezed at, 350,000-pound Bristol house taken off market after Banksy paints mural worth millions on it. So a two-bed, semi-detached house in Bristol, United Kingdom, which was on the market for 345,000 pounds, became an overnight sensation when it was adorned with a Banksy mural of an older woman sneezing. Yeah, and I cannot imagine my house significantly increasing in value overnight because an artist decided to you know just paint a mural on it but it's also funny that it was on the market i think i would be so excited mm -hmm. if i woke <laughs> up and saw a banksy 
But one of the owners of the house told BCC that they decided to take the house off the market for 48 hours to figure out how to deal with the situation. Yeah, no, it's crazy. They had to have a lot of people weigh in in the situation because the mural is on the outside wall of the house. So it is unclear how that affects the value of the actual house and whether they should just have that wall removed to preserve the Banksy and then rebuild the wall. And another crazy thing about this story is that a man was spotted Thursday morning near the wall and now neighbors are speculating that that person was actually Banksy. Yeah, and further than that, Banksy posted a picture on his Instagram in which a man in his umbrella seemed to have been blown away by the woman's sneeze. And although the man is likely to just be someone on Banksy's team rather than Banksy himself, the staging of the photograph nonetheless adds a further layer to the mural. And there's so much mystery behind Banksy. Like, who knows Mm -hmm. who this person is? Exactly. The mural is also special, not only because it's a Banksy, but also because it's COVID-related in a very humorous way. The lady shown is sneezing with such force. Her dentures have been spit out of her mouth, basically. I think everyone has turned to comic relief at this time, and we've seen so much COVID-related in terms of art memes that get a lot of good feedback on Instagram and this mural fits right in and I think is the type of content yeah I think people in Bristol were definitely gathering to see what had happened and like how exciting the mural was and how funny it actually is but before we we move on I just want to bring attention to how much we've been talking about Banksy on the podcast because he's been on the news so much lately and I know you don't particularly like him (laughs) so I think it's funny that we keep discussing his work Banksy is not one of my favorite artists but this podcast has definitely helped me see what like an integral role Mm -hmm. he or she plays within the larger art world yeah no for sure Our third story actually has two parts today, as we want to highlight two European philanthropists. The first headline comes to us from the art newspaper, where it was reported that, quote, billionaire Leonard Blatvatnik donates 10 million pounds to the Courtauld Institute of Art. The Ukrainian-born billionaire has donated 10 million pounds towards the Courtauld Institute of Art in London, which will help fund the refurbishment of its prestigious gallery located at Somerset House. This donation is especially exciting because the Courtauld Gallery is due to open late next year following a three-year refurbishment. Not surprisingly, the six galleries containing the Courtauld collection will now be named the Blatvatnik Fine Rooms. Yes, and he is a huge supporter of the arts in the United Kingdom. In 2017, he gave more than £50 million to support the extension of the Tate Modern, among other things. Needless to say, this generous donation comes at a perfect time since museums all over the world are struggling due to the pandemic, and even more so now that London just announced all of its museums will be closed again due to this second wave of COVID-19 cases that are hitting the country. It's so sad, so it is really great that they got such a big donation because I think they were already struggling because of the timeline and all of that stuff and hopefully it will inspire other others. people well we can move on to the second part of the headline which talks about a different part of europe but it's equally as exciting yes so the second headline comes to us from artnet where it was reported that quote a greek billionaire is converting an old tobacco factory in athens into a culture venue and gifting it back to the government An old tobacco factory in Athens is about to become a cultural center, set to open next year with an exhibition featuring international artists including Michael Rakowitz, Glenn Ligon, and Dan Vo. The launch will coincide with the 200th anniversary of Greece's revolution against the Ottoman Empire, which led to the foundation of the modern Greek state. Very exciting and historic. 
Built between 1927 and 1930, the Lenormand Street Tobacco Factory was declared a historic monument by the Greek Ministry of Culture in 1989. Renovations on the property began in 2000, but efforts were slowed down by the Greek financial crisis of 2009. Currently, half of the building is home to the Library of the Hellenic Parliament. Yes, and converting the rest of the premises into a cultural venue will cost an estimated 1 million euro, which is roughly $1.2 million in renovations, which are being funded by Neon, a Greek art foundation established in 2013 by collector Dimitris Daskapoulos. This is an amazing initiative because of the historical significance of the site itself, but also due to the amount of exhibition space that it's going to provide. Yes, and just like with the Cortol, this donation comes out at a great time, and we love to see these philanthropists supporting art and culture during these very, very difficult times for everyone. I think it's so encouraging as so many museums are shut down for a second time to see plans in the future for new spaces we'll get to visit. Yeah, for sure, and hopefully their timelines won't be pushed back too much and they'll be able to open soon. So our fourth headline is brought to us by the Arts Newspaper, where it was reported that, quote, Barbara Kruger, your body is a battleground poster, appears in Poland as protests flare up over abortion ban. Over the past two weeks, as protests have ramped up against the right-wing Polish government's tightening of already restrictive abortion laws, more than 100 posters of Barbara Kruger's seminal 1989 poster titled Your Body is a Battleground has once again gone on show in the East European country. To give some background, on October 22nd, the government ruled that under their new laws, abortions can only be carried out in instances of rape, incest, and when the mother's life is at risk, making it illegal in cases of fetal abnormalities. Kruger, an American artist, told the art newspaper that she has been riveted by these hugely brave protests in Poland and they have compelled her to revisit her poster project. Yes, and this project she's referring to began in Washington, D.C. in 1989 in response to the Women's March plan in response to the Republican politicians' attempt to overturn Roe versus Wade. Two years later, in 1991, when women's rights were also under attack in Poland, it was translated into Polish because obviously the poster is in English. Right. And 500 posters were distributed throughout Warsaw. Although the posters were covered up, they were redistributed six months later, securing their place in Polish history. The article points out that the poster was a beginning of or even an impulse for further important public works in Poland. I really loved this story because I think we talked so much recently about how American artists were interacting with politics yeah. during the presidential election. Mm-hmm. And I think this shows that not only has this trend been going on for years, but it extended into an international scale. Yeah, for sure. Our fifth and final headline is a little bit of crime news. As reported by Artnet News, quote, German police have nabbed one of two fugitive twins suspected of taking part in a massive museum heist in Dresden. On December 14th, police in Berlin arrested one of Europe's most wanted fugitives, a key suspect linked to the infamous jewel heist at the Green Vault Museum in Dresden Castle in November of 2019. The suspect, identified only as Mohammed R because of privacy laws regarding ongoing criminal proceedings in Germany was arrested on suspicion of serious gang theft and arson after police have been searching for him and his brother since November of 2019. So to give a little bit of background, on November 25th of 2019, a group broke into the museum through a small window which was hidden due to a power cut caused by a fire that they are suspected of starting, hence the arson. Yes, and inside the thief smashed open a display case with an axe and grabbed a collection of rare jewels, including 18th century rare cut diamonds and rubies. They took off in a gateway car 
which they later torched before escaping in another vehicle. There's no estimate for how much the stolen jewels are actually worth, but the museum director considers them priceless. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the Green Vault's most prized object, which is a 41-carat green diamond, was by chance on loan to the Metropolitan Museum here in New York during the break-in. It's crazy. The Remo clan, to which the brothers belong, is one of Germany's most notorious organized crime families and has been implicated in a series of high-profile crimes, including the theft of a $5 million commemorative gold coin from Berlin's Bode Museum in 2017 and a $12 million bank heist in 2014. So they're expert criminals. Yes, this is so crazy that they were able to capture these people especially because I feel like we've been talking a lot about unresolved crimes in art like the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. So I just think it's great that. It's also crazy that it's been almost a year Mm -hmm. since it happened. So it shows how long these events can stretch on for before they're resolved. So crazy. Finally, we want to close out our episode with an emerging news story. As reported in the arts newspaper, quote, organizers confident physical art Dubai fair will go ahead in March 2021. This is such exciting news as it will be the first major international art fair to happen in person since the pandemic interrupted all programming. What is especially crazy is that in March of 2020, art Dubai was one of the first events to be canceled only two weeks before it was slated to open. So this is really coming full circle. So taking place from March 17th to 20th, 86 galleries are participating participating from across 36 countries. And according to the organizers, 90% of galleries from the canceled 2020 edition will be returning in 2021. Yes, and with the vaccine now becoming available, we really do hope some follow-up on this encouraging headline. Yeah, I hope it gets to happen. Yes. So I think that's all for us today, but we will be doing a Monday Chatter check-in next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.